0: hello everyone and welcome to words from abba a place where we look to reveal the father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you if you haven't already please feel free to like and follow us on instagram at words from abba, on facebook at words from abba, and also have a look at our website which is words forward slash home Thank you so much for joining us today and we hope you enjoy today's episode. So today we're going to be looking at what I have titled Digging Deep Wells and our theme scriptures come from the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman that's found in John chapter 4. So from verse 5 the word of God in the New Living Translation reads, Eventually, he, and that speaking about Jesus, came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please, give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. "'I don't have a husband,' the woman replied. "'Jesus said, "'You're right, you don't have a husband, "'for you have had five husbands "'and you aren't even married to the man "'you're living with now. "'You certainly spoke the truth.' "'Sir,' the woman said, "'you must be a prophet. "'So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist "'that Jerusalem is the only place of worship?' while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. For the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him. He is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. So I'll skip a little bit to verse 28. It says, the woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? so the people came streaming from the village to see him and then i'll fast forward again to verse 39 so that's still chapter 4 the word of god says many samaritans from the village believed in jesus because the woman had said he told me everything i ever did when they came out to see him they begged him to stay in the village so he stayed for two days long enough for many more to hear his message and believe then they said to the woman now we believe not just because of what you told us but because we have heard him for ourselves now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world so i think this story is really an example of deep calling to deep it's the deep things of god calling to the deep things of man I think I mentioned this in the, last, in the last few podcasts that I've come to realize that when it comes to God, we as people are never the initiators. He always initiates. So whatever stage or season we find ourselves in, in our relationship and our walk with God, he is always the one that would have initiated it, whether we realize it or not. He is the author and finisher of our faith. God is the one who calls and we are the ones who answer. I think with the story of the woman at the well, it was the deep things of God calling to the deep things of woman. But before we go too deep into those things, (laughs) let's just explore a little bit the significance of the well. The Hebrew word for well is pege, which means spring or a fountain. It's a word that denotes a gushing and a flow. It speaks of a source, it speaks of a well that's being fed from a spring rather than just digging and coming to water. It's almost like there's a spring that's connected to that well, making sure that there's a constant flow of water. It's a place where people go for refreshing. It's where you go to get water, water that you're going to use to cook, water that you're going to use to drink, water that you're going to use to clean. But unlike the taps that we're now used to, and you just turn a knob and you get water, these wells required a lot of effort. You had to draw the water out. It took a lot of energy and a lot of work to draw water and bring it back home. I'm originally from Zimbabwe and when I used to visit my grandparents, I used to see a lot of women drawing water from wells. And I got the opportunity to do it when I went back home a couple of years ago. And let me tell you, it's hard work you will literally get arms of steel you won't need a gym membership if you're going to be drawing water from a well every day but even though it needs such physical exertion you've got no other choice there's no other way to draw water out but to work for it and to dig deep and to draw deep into the well so in the bible water generally represents the word of god or the holy spirit And when we're thinking about the Word of God, I just want us to keep in mind what the Word of God says in John chapter 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and that's referring to Jesus. So another way to say it is that water generally speaks of either Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So Paul speaks about being made clean by the washing of the Word, While Jesus spoke about those who believe in him having rivers of living water flowing out of them, referring to the Holy Spirit who was to come later on. So this is where Jesus met the woman. It was at a well. And not just any well, but Jacob's well. When you look a bit further into it, all the biblical scholars, they point to Genesis chapter 33, verse 19 and 20, when they're speaking about Jacob's well. So these verses, they speak about how Jacob bought a piece of land from the father of Shechem for a hundred pieces of silver, and there Jacob built an altar. So if you think about it, that this is where Jesus met the woman. It was at a source of water, at a source of the word of God, at a source of the Holy Spirit. It was at an altar, and it was there that deep began to call unto deep so like i said god is the initiator of relationship he is the initiator of depth so jesus began digging first when he asked the woman to give him a drink he initiated that conversation you know it's almost like the woman was just there minding her own business she's trying to draw water for herself she's probably thinking a billion things in her mind and then this man just asks and says please give me a drink and The Bible tells us that the woman was surprised because Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So it would have been very surprising for her, for Jesus, who was a Jew, to ask her, a Samaritan, and even more so a woman, to help him in some way. But really, isn't that what God does so much? He loves to bend the laws of societal norms just to have our hearts. And what I love about this story is that Jesus began digging first but the woman dug for deeper you know she asked why why are you asking me for a drink why are you asking me to help you and I think asking why is a request for more information to better understand the situation it's a question that is asking for depth it's asking for context it's asking help me to understand the reason behind the request but the woman didn't really know what she was asking for so Jesus began to dig deeper all the more so the picture that i sort of want you to get as we're going through this podcast it's almost like two people working to dig this well so jesus digs first and then the woman dug and then jesus digs and then the woman digs and then jesus digs and then the woman digs and it's just so amazing when you just get that picture because you begin to realize how much work jesus was working to reach the woman and how much work jesus the woman was also doing to get to know jesus so jesus dug deeper and he said if you knew who you are speaking to you would ask me and I would give you living water you know Jesus says if you knew the gift that God had for you and who you're speaking to you would ask me and I would give you living water and I think that is such an amazing statement for Jesus to say and it's so typical of Jesus that when you ask him a question he doesn't always answer you straight he will ask you another question but what I love about what jesus asked the woman or said to the woman was that where she was looking for a reason why it's like jesus beckoned her and says to her get to know the who and you will understand the why it's like get to know who is asking you and you will know why he's asking you because i think it's a lot easier to perceive the reasons why somebody does something if you know that person so jesus dug deeper and he told the woman no you're asking the wrong question you shouldn't be asking why you should be asking who but the woman at the well still didn't get it she just didn't understand it because she now begins to think about the how she says to Jesus you don't have a rope you don't have a bucket this well is deep how am I going to get this water from you you know how am I going to get this water for you She was worrying about how the logistics of the water in Jacob's well could be drawn, not realizing that she was actually speaking to the well of living water and that he wanted her to draw from him. Oh, that is so amazing. But what I love about God is that God is so persistent. He will keep drawing from you until you get it, you know. So Jesus dug deeper still. He responded by redirecting her thinking from thinking about natural water, which was in the well, to thinking about living water. He says that it was the water that becomes a fresh bubbling spring within you and it gives you eternal life. And I think this line was literally the hook, line, and sinker that got the woman. This was the line that got the woman to really start listening, you know, to Jesus. Because she says says to him, She says to Jesus, please sir, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water and you kind of have to ask why she wanted that why didn't she want to come get water anymore i think it goes a bit deeper than that it required a lot of effort because a lot of things require a lot of effort and you kind of become used to it that this is normal this is what we do but i think to understand why the woman never wanted to come and get water again we have to look a little bit more into the woman to realize who she actually was so we never hear woman's name. We don't know who she is. Was her name Mary? Was her name Martha? Was her name Shekinah? We don't know. But what I love about Jesus is that he revealed to us who the woman was. Jesus read this woman like an open book but he is such a gentleman you know. He didn't read her in front of thousands of people, in front of the whole village. It was in the privacy of their conversation that Jesus said to the woman that i know that you've had five husbands and i know that the man that you're living with isn't even your husband and he says to her it's true you've spoken the truth you don't have a husband you know and i think when you think about the woman in that way that she was a husbandless woman she was living with i'll assume a boyfriend we don't know if this man was her boyfriend was it just a partner All we know is that she's living with a man who's not her husband, but we can assume that it was kind of some kind of sexual intimate relationship just based on the sentences, the way the sentences are structured. But, you know, when you think about that, you kind of get a sense of how society would have viewed her that she's this loose woman who's had so many husbands. And back in those days, women were really marginalized in that. When you think about, for example, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. So there was this woman, she was caught being adulterous and the Pharisees brought her before Jesus and basically was like, they were like, we caught this woman committing adultery, we need to stone her. And that's when Jesus said, he who who is without sin, cast the first stone. But the interesting thing about that fact is that the woman was brought, but the man wasn't. But it would have taken two to tango. But I just kind of want to show you how women were kind of viewed if you had multiple husbands how you were viewed within that society and I think another way that we can see that she was marginalized is if we look at the time that she went to go and draw water the word of God tells us that it was at noontime um it was mid midday and the sun was high the sun is hot it's right above your head and generally women used to go and draw water early in the morning or towards the evening if they're going to need water at night It was very rare that they would go and do it in the afternoon because like I said, it's hard, it's laborious work. You're going to be sweating and nobody wants to do that in the middle of the day. But I can imagine that people within her village would have known her story. They would have known that she's had multiple husbands. There would have been whispers that the person that she's living with isn't even her husband. So people would have looked at her with judgment in in their eyes to the point where she didn't want to go and do laborious work when everybody else was there she preferred to go do it when there would be no one there to give her those weird eyes and I don't know if you've ever had those eyes where people give you where you know people are judging you you just know it it honestly causes you not to want to go out into society but I think there was something about the way in which Jesus spoke to her that caused her not to be afraid to connect with him that caused her not to be afraid to dig deeper there was something about the way that he spoke about her life basically just almost stating it like it's a fact like you know the sky is blue you've had five husbands the person you're living with now is not even your husband that's true you know almost like he was like at this moment that's an immaterial fact to me it's as normal as as the sky is blue you know there was something about the way he spoke to her not that i'm saying that jesus condoned what she was doing but i'm saying that who she was and where she was at didn't stop him from wanting to get to know the woman behind the five husbands the woman who is this woman who is this woman at the well there was something about the way that he spoke about her life the way he told her where she had been and where she was, that just removed any fear fear from her. I think, you know, Jesus really went into her depth. He revealed the woman's life. It's like he showed her where she ended before he began pouring into her. And I think realizing that Jesus' depth went further than her own, the woman continued to press into Jesus. She began to ask about relationship and worship. This woman dug deeper. Jesus answered her by showing her his depth. So it's like Jesus showed her her depth. And then now he says, let me show you my depth a never ending depth. He's like, you want relationship. And in your mind, relationship and worship is restricted to either this mountain, Mount Gerizim, or it's restricted to Jerusalem. But Jesus began to show her what true relationship with the father is all about, you know, that the father wants people who don't care about where they worship, that he says, it's not where you worship that matters, but it's how you're worshiping, that he wants you to worship in spirit and in truth, you know, he wants you to worship in the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the assurance of salvation through the truth, who is Jesus. He showed her that the father wants relationship that's unlimited by the constraints and restraints of religion. Imagine if that was the only relationship you had, that somebody would only want to talk to you if you were in a certain place, because that's what this woman is saying. She's saying that we believe that you can only worship God here on this mountain, and you Jews believe that you can only worship God in Jerusalem. But Jesus says, no, actually, it doesn't matter where you worship. You know, he says, God is sheer being itself spirit. And those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves and adoration. That it, it isn't about whether you're worshiping God just in a church. Imagine if the only contact you had with God was when you went to church. You wouldn't develop in any deep relationship. There would be no depth to your relationship. It would only end in shallowness. Imagine if the only contact you have with God is on a Sunday morning for two hours. No relationship, no strong relationship is going to be based off that. But Jesus is saying that it's about worshiping him in spirit and in truth, wherever you are. You know, those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirit, their true selves, in adoration, in the realm of the spirit, in the realm of the truth. And like I said, you know, in the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the assurance of salvation through the truth who is Jesus. But despite Jesus saying this, the woman was still kind of blinded. But what I love is, again, she just dug deeper. You know, when you begin to just be yourself with God and you take off all airs, you take off all pretenses, the more you grow closer to him, the more you want, you're Constantly wanting more of him, you're constantly wanting to know more, you're constantly wanting to discover more. Like I said, so the woman dug deeper and she's like, Okay, I know the messiah will come and he will explain everything to us. You know, she's like, I get what you're saying, I know the messiah will come. And who'll explain everything to us? She's still open to understanding her question and real and getting the reality of what it is to truly worship God. And I think it was at this point that the purpose of deep calling to deep was fulfilled. It was at the revelation of the Messiah, as Jesus said those four words: I am the Messiah. I think this is one of the few instances where Jesus explicitly says to someone, I am the Messiah. In fact, this is the only verse that I've come across so far where Jesus, unprompted, fully reveals himself. In other instance, you know, he had read a scripture from Isaiah and he was basically like, today this scripture is fulfilled elsewhere peter had gotten the revelation when jesus asked them who do you say i am and jesus said you are the messiah and jesus basically confirmed that confirmed that and in other instances it was people just coming to ask him you know are you the son of god are you god and he would say things like i am but here the woman didn't ask are you the messiah It's almost like she was saying look i get what you're saying but it's a bit confusing to me but i do know that the messiah is coming and when he comes he will explain things to us and we'll get it and i want you to remember that at this point the woman thought jesus was just a prophet so she's like all right i get it i get what you're trying to say i don't completely understand it but when the messiah comes he'll explain it to us and we'll get it but There's a way that he spoke. There's a way when he said, I am the Messiah that spoke to her spirit. I think this was literally where deep connected with deep and it changed her. You know how at the beginning when we first started talking about words from abba and we introduced the podcast we spoke about how it's the holy spirit who joins with our spirit and cries out abba father there's that connection and i think this when jesus said i am the messiah this was the connecting change this was the connecting change this was the connecting point that completely altered her life and what's amazing is that at this the woman forgot why she came to the well the word of god says that she left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village. She had received those rivers of living water. She no longer thirsted and it had changed her from the inside out. She who would have waited until midday to get water so that there would be no people judging her, no people looking at her, no people whispering to her. Now she's now running in broad daylight to the village, to the very people who she knows have been talking about her and whispering about it and gossiping to her. And she's proclaiming, could this be the Messiah? You know, and the word of God says, many Samaritans in the village believed in Jesus because of her those very same people who'd looked down on her those very same people who'd scoffed at her they now said now we believe not just because of what you told us but because we've heard them for ourselves and that sentence is amazing I love analyzing sentences and kind of figuring out why certain things are said a certain way particularly in the bible and I think when they say now we've believed not just because of what you've told us it's like they're saying even if all we had was your testimony and what you're telling us about this man that we would have still believed that would have been enough your testimony would have been a reason why we believe and it's almost like the fact that we've had jesus for ourselves it's icing on the cake you know and i just think that's so amazing how jesus would use this woman that the whole village had basically ostracized and he uses that very same woman to call so many people to himself and that's the beauty of deep calling to deep with this story jesus beckoned to the woman and the woman responded by asking for the deep things jesus gave her the deep things that she wanted he showed her that when it comes to relationship with God it's not the deep things of God calling out to the shallow things of man but it's the deep things of God calling out to the deep things of man he wants the deep things of us no matter how bad it looks you know like what I love about God is he's not scared by our sin he's conquered sin he's not embarrassed by the things that shame us there's a verse in psalms which says that he has removed the guilt of our shame you know he says that even if your sins as red as crimson or wash as white as snow he says that he'll wipe away the memory of your sin and he'll remember it no more you know god he is the author and the finisher of our faith he is the one who calls out to us first he initiates the digging by digging into us, digging to the very core of us. And when we dig back and we begin to work in that partnership, he connects with us. And the ultimate goal of digging, in, of digging into the deep is found in the revelation of Christ saying, I am the Messiah. And it is upon this rock that Christ builds his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it there may be some people out there who like the prodigal son used to have a relationship with the father but because of life they fell away or it could be the case that you never had a relationship with God but as you listen to the podcast that we post you feel a tugging in your heart and you would like to enter into a relationship with God If any of these scenarios apply to you I invite you to say this prayer after me father in heaven I thank you I thank you for loving me thank you for calling me to be in a loving relationship with you I confess that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself I thank you father that you sent your one and only Son to die for me so that I can be saved. Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died and rose again for me. I turn away from my sins and invite you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I commit myself to you and I ask you to send the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me and help me do your will. Thank you for your love and your grace that has saved me. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. If you've said that prayer and you believed it in your heart, I want to welcome you to the Family of God. The Word of God in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 says if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Congratulations on deciding to walk with God. It's such an exciting journey to traverse through life with Him. I can tell you there is so much rejoicing in heaven right now over the decision you have made. I encourage you to either buy a Bible or download a Bible app on your phone and begin to read the Bible every day so that you can learn to hear the voice of God and so that your faith may be increased. I also encourage you to join a local Bible believing church so that you can fellowship with other Christians. Once again, Thank you for joining us here on Words from Abba, a place where we look to reveal the Father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you. We'll see you again next week.